0: the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Some time ago, a person told me that a preacher should never say the word love in a sermon unless the readings assigned for the day clearly justify it. Well, it turns out this advice I was given I've managed to ignore in pretty much every sermon I've given with you at grace. I'm sorry to one of my old teachers, uh, who will remain nameless, who's sort of a fundamentalist. This difficulty that I think my teacher was trying to impart to me about talking about love is because this word is overused, sometimes it's misused, And I think it's safe to say it's also trivialized in our culture in different ways. Just as Mother's Day, a secular holiday that we mark today, can be sentimentalized as nothing more than Be Nice to Mom Day, but that's a good start. Be nice to mom, wherever she is. For all its misuses, I do think love is a valuable word. It's especially valuable as a deed, pointing to one of the most essential qualities of our life together. And love is a gateway to God, for God is love. So let's talk about love. Today's readings are basically awash in it. And by my count, the word love shows up a full nine times in today's gospel. Jesus said this to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you, and so on. This passage from the first letter of John covers the same kind of territory, and it mentions the word love five times. Well, yesterday here at Grace was definitely a day for love, at least from my point of view, where after a difficult year of pandemic, which we're still in, as more vaccinations become available, and maybe we start to feel a little more free We celebrated the marriage of John Mooring III and Julia Goodwin, and Jason Ferris and Jason Labrador were there to testify to this, two members of Grace, along with John's mother, Sandy, a new member of Grace, and it was good. It was just good to be together. It was good to sing outdoors and to witness all of the love-made flesh that had traveled from Ohio and from Texas and Washington State to be a witness to a God who created us for love first. And it was good to see the love of our own Natasha Parnian, who loves all of you and misses you. She was back here with her co-director, Scott Pafumi, the drama department head at Herndon High School. Scott and Natasha had managed to gather together a lot of love. Teenagers and adults who put on a beautiful show, Twelfth Night, or As You Like It, for our whole community here on the parish green, including our own Celia Cooley, the daughter of Beth Hall and Mark Cooley of Grace Church, a beautiful rendition just following a wedding. Before COVID, this level of love activity was very normal at Grace, Before COVID, we were a seven day a week church, seven days a week of love gathered here. And after a year of largely being apart, it was just sweet to see love coming back to these grounds again. So, what I want to lift up this morning is that Jesus preaches a gospel of love, but not just that, calls us to bear witness to love. That's the message that I think we in this whole world need dearly to hear and make known indeed. In fact, Jesus gives it to us in the strongest possible terms. He commands us to love. In our two readings, the word commandment shows up almost as frequently as the word love. 5 times in the gospel reading and three times in the epistle. If you keep my commandments, Jesus says to his disciples, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, and so on. But I wonder this, Can love really be commanded? Can it be commanded from the outside? Can it be commanded from within? Well, I think you know as well as I do that we can't force ourselves to be loving or to feel loving. We can't make ourselves love anyone by sheer force of will. And we certainly can't compel someone else to love us, we can't force it. By its very nature, love can only be freely given and love can only be freely received to flow through us. I think that's all this talk that Jesus has this morning about commanding to love each other. It can't be forced, but it is a commandment. Recently, a friend of mine was driving with his young daughter. And those of you who are parents or remembering back to these times may attest to this. And the girl was sitting in the front seat beside her father. I don't know what they were talking about exactly or what was going on in their relationship. But for some reason, the little girl got it in her head to not only unbuckle her seatbelt but also to stand up in the passenger seat. Sit down her father said with some alarm and the girl refused so her father said it again sit down i command you but again the girl ignored him i mean it her father said visibly shaken sit down right now so the little girl kind of glared at him slid back into her seat and buckled her seat belt and they drove on for a while in a kind of silence that parents and children can appreciate. And then the little girl turned to her father and announced, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. I don't think any of us like commandments, even if they're issued for our own good. And Lord, do we know this is true in COVID-19 with anti-vax fever still gripping this country, but not here at grace, I pray. So if we imagine God as an authoritarian, power-hungry boss who's out there, whose job is just to control us and order us around and tell us what to do, when we hear this word command, I think we're likely to rebel a bit, or at least to dig in our heels. And if we do carry out what we think we're supposed to do, we may still do it with a kind of grim compliance while feeling secretly resentful. Have you ever felt resentful when someone commanded you to do something? In short, kind of sitting down on the outside, but standing up on the inside. And where is the joy and the love in any of that? I don't think that a dutiful or sullen obedience was what Jesus had in mind when he commanded with joy for disciples to love each other. The God that Jesus loved was not some belligerent commander-in-chief with the habit of issuing directives, but an intimate presence that Jesus discovers in his own depths, the depths of his humanity, as he went further and further to becoming more fully human, a love that goes beyond all things. I take Jesus' commandment that we abide in his love and that we love one another, not as an external directive, but rather as a description of the inner structure of reality. It's not something that can be forced but it's something real and good and true. Maybe the commandments of God are something like the laws of nature, for you physicists out there, like gravity or maybe like the speed of light. When we love each other well, light from light, true God from true God, when we try to be real with each other and to tell the truth and love, we welcome those who are different. We welcome the stranger, the marginalized, those who have been forgotten and anyone who feels lost but still has hope for love. And we're living in alignment with the divine reality. We're tuning in into the hidden life with God that circulates through all things. Light from light, true God. From true God. Conversely, when we hold back from love, when we refuse to notice how our actions affect other people, including those we say we love and the rest of creation, which is hurting at this hour, when our underlying purpose in every conversation is just to get attention and to be admired when we cling to our own opinions alone and insist on winning and insist merely on being right, when we turn up our noses at certain people and write them off as lesser than ourselves, or we're too busy trying to force them to change, I think we're living against the grain of divine reality that's unfolding within us light from light, true God from true God. We're cutting ourselves off from the flow of love that God is always pouring out into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit and through our minds, which with reason is a gift from on high. One of my favorite Episcopal priests is a great contemplative woman named Cynthia Bourgeau, And if you've ever read her book, Wisdom Jesus, you might know what I'm going to say next. She says that we tend to think we need to reach out for God, as if God were some far-off destination that eventually we might get to. In fact, she says through an attentive practice of prayer, we come to realize that God already abides within, within us and that God is our source. Then, every day, in all of our decisions, large and small, as small as putting on a mask, as large as deciding to regather again for love, and all these decisions, how we say about love, what we do about love, and why we do it, we can show forth that invisible, holy presence within us, and we can make it real and fleshed and together we can give it form and shape. We don't need to invent love from scratch because love wants to flow from us already like a font. All we have to do is let it happen. That I think is what Jesus means when he's talking to his friends. I appointed you to go and bear fruit. fruit that will last fruit emerges naturally from the vine it's connected to the vine it's the source of the vine its DNA comes from connection and so it is for us when we are intimately connected with the vine of God's love we can't help but bear fruit just this week at Grace Montessori a story of great love and connection in a vine happened right here in Chapel just this Wednesday. As a growing multicultural ministry where Latino and black and white students are all together worshiping in this place, now we're seeing students from different language backgrounds coming and worshiping in the same way, but it's a challenge. And we have a new student who only speaks Spanish. But thank God for a love that flows through a child who acted this week as a translator, a six-year-old translator for a three-year-old girl who's new to this country and can't speak English, but knows love when she sees it in the form of her friend, who working with me and all of our children was able to translate what love looked like It was simply like this. Welcome to Grace Church. You are always welcome in this place. My name is Mr. Weston. My name is Carlos. You're loved here from the beginning. Maybe the key to our regathering is to be as simple as a six-year-old translating for a three-year-old what love looks like. And for every gathering in this place and every regathering in our life, every bit of love that flows through us from God matters. That presence within us, that wedding banquet, on that stage, with those children, through our wood ministry and every person we feed in this place, every neighbor we see and connect with, and get to know and abide with. This is our true life, made from love. Amen.